I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light on Light Through, episode 333. My review of The Orville, two episodes, episode 3.7 and episode 3.8. And I finally finished the first draft of the novel I'm writing. It's Real Life is the name of the novel. It's an alternate history of the Beatles, but I was working on that like a demon these past few weeks. That's why I didn't get a chance to review the Orville episode 3.7 in my usual timely way just a day or two after it aired on Hulu. So here I am with a review of two Orville episodes both of which, by the way, were superb. Let's start with episode 3.7. Now, we saw Isaac in simulated flesh in episode 3.6 of the Orville. And in episode 3.7, we get to see Isaac love Claire. That's right. And there are spoilers ahead. Love and sex and death, too, were actually everywhere in this episode. Claire and Isaac kiss. Lieutenant Commanders Lee and Keali are in bed together several times, and the literally broken bones that Lee keeps getting from Keali's passion makes for one of the more humorous interludes. I mean, there's nothing funny about getting your bones broken, but in this context, it is pretty funny. You know, Freud, with his focus on libido and Thanatos, would have been very happy to see all of this. I know I enjoyed it. We also get an important backstory about what led to the Kalon attack on the Union in the previous season. It was no fun being a robot slave to a sadistic species. Unfortunately, the Kalon generalization that all biologicals were the same as the ones who tormented them was not entirely warranted. Back to Isaac and Claire, I once again would have liked to have seen a different ending. I say once again because I say this quite often. Well, maybe not quite often, but certainly this is not the first time I've said this about the Orville. Now, letting Isaac keep his emotions and Claire so fulfilled in her love for him surely would indeed have changed the dynamics of the Orville. But I think it would have been fun to see at least a few more episodes of that. You know, television series always seem to have a tendency to revert to their Bibles. That's the industry name for the specs on the characters that writers need to abide by. But sometimes I think it's better to tear out those pages and toss them into the metaphysical trash bin. Well, at least we at last got to see Charlie come to terms with her understandable fury with Isaac, which of course was bound to happen, but it will be good to see them working together in the future. 
All right, let's get now to my review of an episode that was on you know, just a day or two ago. That would be episode 3.8 of The Orville. It was another superb episode, a 90-minute bases-loaded home run that continued the story of Topa, and believe it or not, had the real Dolly Parton in the holographic flesh, singing and playing a significant role. By the way, playing a role and playing her guitar at the same time. Now, you might be getting a little tired of hearing me say the episode of The Orville I'm reviewing is the best so far in the series, and or the episode clearly puts The Orville in the best of any Star Trek territory, but both are true once again about this fabulous episode. And of course, spoilers are ahead. Let's begin with Dolly, the Venus haven of Mocklin women striving to increase their number and free themselves of the Mocklin male insanity of wanting women to have no existence at all. Well, her Venus haven venerates our own Dolly Parton. We first hear about this, then get a tantalizing playing in the background of Jolene. Jolene, Jolene. Oh yeah, it's a good choice. My favorite Dolly song, as a matter of fact. And then Dolly herself appears on the Orville's whatever it's called holodeck, summoned by Captain Mercer to talk sense to Hevina. Dolly succeeds, at least in part, because she sings Try, another great and very appropriate Dolly song about the stars. I'm not going to try to sing Try. Dolly, who is technologically de-aged, or maybe digitally de-aged would be a better way of putting it, looked and sounded great. You know, she would have looked and sounded great without the de-aging. Jolene, Jolene. You know, I don't think Dolly though really had to sing that song. I think that the guy in question would have stayed with Dolly. Meanwhile, we get a powerhouse story of Topa with all the trimmings. Back on Earth, we're treated to a meeting of all the Union delegates, including the humorous slime the voice of which, of course, was played by the late Norm MacDonald. And this slime, a pair of slime, who are at this union convocation, well, they unfortunately don't speak. I was hoping we'd at least see them raise their amoebic extended hands like we did for Yafet in a recent episode, helping Isaac and some other tech creature frantically working to fix something. Grayson and Bordas put in good hand-to-hand -hand combat with the Mocklin who are keeping Topa hostage in a black ops enclave, and Bordas gives the Mocklin, who is torturing Topa, just what he deserves. In fact, I was sorry to see Grayson order Bordas to step down. Before the episode is over, Clyden is back in the fold. He invites Grayson to the family dinner table. 
to eat a spicy dinner, and Bordas and Clyden have renounced their Mocklin citizenship. Their home is now the Orville. The Mocklins, leaving the Union may not be good, but it made for one really satisfying ending for this outstanding episode. And I hope you enjoyed this double review of the Orville 3.7 and 3.8. I'll certainly be back here next week with my review of the next episode of the Orville. I think I owe you some reviews of, wow, for all mankind, Westworld. I'll catch up on all those in the next week or two. In the meantime, stay safe. Stay sound and continue doing whatever you can to help those brave people of Ukraine get those Russian fascists out of their country. The Light on Light Through Podcast. AD. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Curled up with a good book says, Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. Paul Levinson still codes about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries.